0: I'm just perfect famous. <laughs> People don't bother me at the airport. That's what I don't want. But strangers want to know me. And they write me emails. I'm watching you. <laughs> and they say, you're so wonderful. Help me. Put, <laughs> and me I say what? have you put the follow me on Facebook? The uh, font button on your website yet? Uh, no. Should I do that? It depends Are you on getting how famous I am. <laughs> yeah. I just created a Laughing Buddha album Facebook page yesterday, though. Uh, Did you like that yet? I haven't been there. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> People want to start tweeting you. Yeah, I can't, I can't go that far. It's too, like... Yeah, you can say you uh, follow me on Twitter, too. Yeah, yeah I could, sure. but you I'm... Gotta- all I I have a Twitter account and that's it. <laughs> I have not gone any further than that. I'm gonna tweet you. Seems agonizing somehow to have to have to like you know, let people know when I'm going to the bathroom, you know. Okay. A generational thing. It is a generational thing. It's about three generations after me, you know. Uh, so um yeah, it you know this comes once a month. If in case you didn't know, <laughs> the second Friday of each month, and and it's amazing how long months are. It's one of those things that when I come here each month, I realize how months are long, um, and when I miss one, then I really know that. Months are very long. So I'm glad I haven't missed one in a while. And uh, So um, this is the seventh month, if I'm keeping track. And so we'll talk a bit about step seven tonight, but in probably a very untraditional way, uh, which is hopefully why you come here. <laughs> Um, And uh, does anybody have anything they wanted to bring up before we start meditating just curious if anybody brought anything with them because usually I just like ramble for a while and um, if I start doing that it could be bad so I think it's better if I just don't say anything right Thanks, Max. My conscience. I'm watching you. I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll read. I'm going to read a little bit of this before we meditate. because it? When we sit down to meditate, we are taking an action that is, at least apparently, inactive. Meditators are sometimes accused of being passive, usually by people who haven't tried it. The internal experience of meditation is far from passive, as the Buddha's teachings on effort make clear. Nonetheless, meditation, even while being internally active, is essentially non-action. It is a non-action that has powerful and far-reaching results. When an addict first engages in meditation, she'll often see how strong the impulse to act is. Of course, this may be true of anyone trying meditation, but I think that addicts are even more used to acting on impulse than non-addicts. This energy has been running, our whole, running us our whole lives. We've been pulled around by our craving and our aversion, and the habitual submission to these forces has developed into addiction. Just stopping, just refusing to act on these impulses, watching them come, feeling them in the body and mind, and eventually watching them fade, is one of the most important things we can do as addicts. From the outside, it may look as if we're doing nothing, and from the outside, that's true. Internally, our world is moving in seismic shifts. Giving up an addiction, after all, is not taking on something new or even doing something. It is not doing something. A great deal of the process of recovery is learning to not do things. Don't go to the bar, don't call the dealer, don't go to the refrigerator, don't see the ex, don't try to fix anyone. And how do we learn not to act? Well, meditation is a great crucible for forging this power. We sit down and close our eyes and do nothing. We sit with the feelings, we sit with the thoughts, we let it come and go, and we develop what is sometimes called personal power, the ability to be fully present with whatever is going inside us without acting on it or being overwhelmed. Let's do nothing for a while. Although I'm going to talk a little bit while you're doing nothing. Once you have a sense of being established in your posture, just really checking into your body, into the balance of your sitting posture. To see whether your neck and shoulders are in alignment that the head is resting in alignment with the shoulders. When you've come to that point of balance, it should feel as if all the weight is channeled down into the buttocks. And that can help to give you the sense of groundedness that's part of our practice, that really supports our practice. And then, doing your best to maintain stillness, even when there's an impulse to move in some way. Holding the body still actually helps the mind to come to some degree of stillness. And it helps us to see the distractions when the mind does start to move. attention to the breath. You might start by just feeling the breath in the whole body, the whole movement of the body, the inhalation and exhalation. And then choosing a point either at the nostrils or at the belly to kind of zero in on, come in close to the sensations of breath. Still staying relaxed, open. Not trying to push away other sensations or sounds or even thoughts, but just letting the sensations of breath come into the foreground of your awareness. And to noticing the difference between the sensation of breathing in and the sensation of breathing out. And this helps us to become more clear about what we're paying attention to, what breathing feels like. And even when the breath is somewhat subtle, we can usually feel this distinction. natural for the mind to wander and it's part of our process to notice that and come back to the breath you made it notice a thought right as it arises. You may be lost in a thought for a long time. Our job isn't to judge ourselves or to grade our meditation, give it a score. Our job is to just notice what we can notice. As long as we have the intention, the sincere intention, to be present, then we're doing our job. Each time you notice that you're thinking, you might notice if there's some tension in the body as well. And so when you come back to the breath, just seeing if you can relax again, release. And just keep coming back to the breath, each time the mind wanders. And try to make your practice simple. Nothing special. Nothing to strive for or perfect. Just trust the process. Okay, good job doing nothing. Nobody drank or used during that half hour. Nobody slept with the wrong person or shot dope or gambled away their paycheck. It's great. So I like to uh, just open it up for questions about mainly about practice, about meditation practice, Um, if you have any at this point. Do we have the um, hand mic? Cool. Anyone have any questions, Uh, any, any challenges you're having during the sitting or anything about your practice? I'll
1: say something.
0: Okay, good. I'm going to ask you to use the microphone so that oh, everyone can hear you. I have a pretty loud voice. It's really fun. Cocaine. Just pretend it's ice cream, but that you're not eating it. So it'll be great.
1: Hello. Um, no, I just think it's. I was thinking such random things throughout the meditation, mm. but then also recognizing my breath when I found myself attaching to those thoughts, and then it was gone, and then there was a scratch, an itch, but I didn't scratch it. Mm-hmm. And then it went away, and then there was something else. And it, it was really actually, it, I felt really good about the meditation. And that's sort of how it's been going for me. And then there's moments where there is there is that sort of nothing comes in. Mm-hmm. But then I have to take a big deep breath. Like I've been sort of doing the shallow breathing. And so then all yeah. of a sudden I'm like, <sighs> mm-hmm. I don't know if that's normal. It's normal for me, I believe. But anyways, that's that's my comment. Okay. Uh, actually, I was
0: thinking of saying something because I did notice that my jaw felt very tight, uh-huh. and I was trying to find ways to tilt or adjust or hold my teeth further or closer together. Mm-hmm. And I noticed some panic creeping in at the idea, like, you know, if there's actual pain, that must be something wrong. Like maybe I'm damaging myself by sitting here, but. Do so you think you were like clenching or something? My teeth weren't pressed together. It was just something about just holding my jaw in one place. It, it started to tighten up. You know, a lot of sensations, different sensations can come that aren't necessarily um, caused by what we think would normally cause sensations like that. Um, so unless it's really, you know, really difficult, it's, you know, usually you can just kind of, you know, put your attention on the sensation for a little while, and kind of relax with it, and just kind of be with it, and, you know, it'll go, it'll pass. But yeah, there, it's, I mean, there, there are various kind of attempts at explanation for why stuff like that happens. That maybe there's some kind of a um, kind of purification that happens, or different kind of energies moving through the body. Like you know, sometimes you'll feel things that seem to be related to the chakras, or uh, you know, a lot of stuff. I mean, you can get a headache for no reason. It's just um, because we're at times we're entering into somewhat altered states. You know, The the when the mind starts to get quiet, then um, there's just these uh, other kind of other bodies in a way. It's like our body, it's like some other version of our body kind of comes out. Uh, I'm, those are some of the ways I can talk about it that probably don't make sense. But... Uh. <laughs> It's really something to just mainly just f- be aware of it and feel it and, and then notice your reaction because that's where what I think is probably most valuable is to notice how the panic comes. Like, oh, oh what's going on? You know, because, again, because you, when you, we when you go into altered states, there's this disorientation. And if you're not ready for it, or, then there can be... You know all kinds of kind of fears that come up. So really, to more to just notice the reactivity than to worry about oh, what does it mean? You know, or or is there something bad happening? And sure, if as I say, if some really uncomfortable sensations come up, then maybe you do want to like you know open your eyes or if it's your jaw, you know, relax it. Okay. Thanks for asking. There's another hand up back there. Seems to be the row. Uh, Hi. Hi. Um, If I quiet my mind and I'm doing everything as best as I can to not think of anything, are there any, uh, this is hard to describe, are there any um, indicators that I'm doing it right, that I'm there? Or can't even answer that? I I don't think it's helpful to think in those terms. And and it's really hard not to. It's I th- or I could say it's natural to do that. But even though the instructions say when you notice that you're thinking come back to your breath and maybe even say let go of the thought and come back to your breath. Not having thoughts is not the goal of what we're doing. And, um, you know, this practice is you know called insight meditation. It's not called don't think meditation, you know. And, I mean, insights, the type of insights we're talking about are not like really verbal insights so much, although some of those do come up. But because, just going back to the idea of sort of having it, you know, feeling as if we're doing it right or wrong, the the practice itself is about non-attachment, if it's about anything, you know. I mean, that's the fundamental principle of it, is is that anything that we try to hold on to or grasp for is going to just cause us more... <coughs> suffering more dukkha more struggle so if we set up an uh, an idea of right and wrong in meditation then we're already putting ourselves in that situation of of grasping and judging you can notice it, it's uh, it's helpful to notice oh there's a lot of thinking going on or Oh, isn't that nice? There's not a lot of thinking going on, but rather than sort of grading yourself, rather to see well, what's that like, you know, what does it feel like when the thoughts quiet down, and what's going on now, you know, we're, it's just this kind of attitude of inquiry. Uh, you know, if there's a a goal in Buddhist meditation, it's this, you know, very advanced thing called enlightenment <laughs> and, which is a profound I mean as I understand it is really a profound kind of letting go that, that can happen uh, it can happen spontaneously it can happen as it's typically described it's, it's a progression of years of intensive effort to, intensive practice I should say uh, to get there but even thinking about that as a goal, of course, is again the same thing. So it's much more useful to just notice the tendency of mind to try to judge our meditation than it is to actually judge it. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's kind of the, the place we're trying to come from. And that's, you know, it's, ver- it's very counter to our culture and the way we're raised you know, to try to get a grade or try to get a good job or try to do things right. You know, I was just out playing golf today, you know. Okay, I'm trying very hard to, you know, get the ball in the hole, you know. I mean, you know, Buddhist golf would be like, there's no hole, you know. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you just hit the ball and let go, you know. Uh, But there's no hole in meditation, you know. It's just, there's just the... The Course. And our practice goes through ups and downs in different states and different stages. And Right when you think you've got it you lose it. And right when you think you've lost it you get it. And what is it? Well, I'm not going to there, but just, you know, that you'll go through, oh, it feel, I really feel peaceful now, or, or wow, I'm getting a lot of insights, or wow, I can't sit still, or, or I'm so, like, you know, agitated. It's, there's no, like, arriving, you know. It's like recovery, the same way. I mean, I've been sober for 28 years, and <laughs> there's stuff going on in my life that's just as challenging as early in recovery. It's just totally different, you know. It seems totally different. I hope it's different anyway. Because there isn't some place that you arrive at, right? That's life. I'm really a philosopher, I must say. It's just, you know. Anything else?
1: Yeah. Hi. Uh, something I notice often is that uh, I do a lot of planning in my head mm-hmm. and what I, when I notice that I say to myself, well you don't have to think about that now, you can think about that another time. Yeah. It's sort of like I don't have to think about that today, I can mm-hmm. think about that tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, I can say that a million times. Yeah. And come back to the breath and then notice. And its it seems like um, there's just a lot of that going on. And I would really like to <laughs> find that sort of...
0: You would like it to stop?
1: I would like it to <laughs> at least have some bigger gaps yeah. between... Um, because it's busy
0: the best way that I know to create less of that is to be less bothered by it because again it's not uh, what, what tends to be more of a problem than the thoughts themselves is the not liking the thoughts when you stop not liking them when you're able to just go, uh, uh, then they tend to quiet down it's kind of like uh, you know a bratty kid when they misbehave if you 're always giving them attention and like, oh, then that gives them more of an excuse to they're getting the what they want the attention if If you kind of ignore the bratty kid, oh you're yeah, fine, go ahead after a while, they realize that that's not going to get the attention so well, they figure out something else because that's kids. But but our minds do tend to, like, if we, if we don't feed it, if we just kind of acknowledge it, oh, there's planning, and come back, oh, there's plenty oh, come back.
1: I really didn't think about that until after the meditation. But, uh, I mean, I wasn't really it's, judging it at the okay. time. What's, I was more noticing it and thinking about what I just said uh-huh. after the fact.
0: The, so is there, a check out if, not so much if there's a thought, but is there a not liking? Okay. You know, just when you, when you realize you're thinking, notice just how you feel about that. Not necessarily what you think about it, but how does your body feel? What is, you know, oh, is there a sense of like, it, I don't like that? and then breathe into that feel that just be with that feeling for a little while and then just come back to your breath okay yeah just hanging with the feeling i'll try that yeah I mean, that's that's a lot of my practice is just feeling the grasping and the the aversion feeling it in the body rather than do, doing anything with it now the my experience and i think this is fairly common is that in order to really get quiet and both these questions have been about that we need to spend more time in meditation and that's what people are doing up there up the hill you know it just seems that for most people you know half an hour or an hour of meditation each day doesn't consistently kind of take them into a deep quiet place most of us need a week or so to get really settled in. And then you can, if you, uh, you know, say you go on a 10-day retreat, you come back and if you keep up your practice in a very, like maybe keep doing two hours a day, like an hour in the morning, an hour in the evening, you can, for a while, maintain that. And it's great. It's nice. No matter what, though, (laughs) eventually it fades. And it's... I think it's really helpful to have the experience of the real stillness and kind of have that kind of breakthrough i mean it it, it took me i went on a when I first started practice I went on a five day retreat i didn't get there I went on a three day retreat i didn't get there I went on a three week retreat and about halfway through that one retreat, I dropped into this place that i thought or I just felt like, oh, this is what they've been talking about and once I'd been there, well, I mean, it's, that started to kind of change how I understood my practice. And, you know, after that retreat, I was able to sustain that for a while. And it was, happened that then a few months later, I went on a three-month retreat. So that kind of, you know, stayed for a while, like about six months, until I threw it away for various reasons, which you can read about in my <laughs> first book. Um, but after a while you know you just sort of see like okay if i want that i have to do what it takes to get that and sitting you know having a daily life a busy daily life and meditating for a little while each day doesn't really accomplish that and that's and as i say there're probably people who for whom it do, that does work it doesn't work for me So, daily practice is something different, and a lot of it for me is about not fighting with what is, which is not what I want, you know. But isn't that what life is full of anyway? So, I'm, again, like saying, you know, practicing doing nothing. It's kind of like, yeah, I'm practicing sitting with what I don't want and not doing, you know, not fighting it, trying to watch my resistance to what I don't want. And if I can just accept what I don't want, then actually I'm not not wanting it anymore. But was that enough negatives there? <laughs> and at that point, there comes, there's more of a neutral experience. And then you're kind of entering into the place where it's, instead of being in desire and aversion, it's just pleasant-unpleasant. Mm-hmm. But you're not taking that next thing from unpleasant to, oh, I don't like it, I want to get rid of it. Because you know, that's where the pain comes, the dukkha comes when we step into that. Uh, and that's the dance. You know, that is the dance of this practice. This to, and to what, and rather than trying to get to the place where it feels the way you want it to feel, which is what addicts do, I mean, people do it, but addicts do it a le- extra special. Right. <laughs> if you can watch your the the inclinations that the the you know oh there I go there's that thing you know oh that's that that's grasping oh that's what the Buddha is talking about that's insight when you feel oh that's that, when you can feel the pain of wanting things not to be the way they are and just see what that is you are seeing the truth the second noble truth the cause of suffering is grasping. That's insight. That's what this practice is about. It's not about getting to a blissful place. You know? It's about seeing that truth and then living by that truth as best you can. That can mean all kinds of things. Insight Meditation. Not, what did I say? Feeling good meditation. Not not, not not thinking meditation. Yeah, there you go. All right. So let, let's take a, a break. And uh, please greet your neighbors. Meet, meet someone. We, are all, we all here share a certain uh, something we're calling recovery, I hope. Uh, so, so meet someone and uh, be friendly. And we'll ring a bell in a few minutes and come back and I'll talk some more.